Okay. All right, let's do this. Now this thing is for sure actually recording. <laughs> Here we Jesus. Go. <laughs> so we talked for like 30 minutes previously sure and really got into some good stuff. Okay. Some really good. Now we're warmed up. I felt like it was a lot of really positive. It was probably like 35 minutes of audio that's just now no gone. Yeah. Hello. That was just a conversation <laughs> now. <laughs> that wasn't a podcast episode. That's great. That was just two people talking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. Yeah. That's okay. Not everything yeah. has to be something these days. Ugh. So they tell me. <laughs> uh, Phoebe Claire, Hello. welcome to the Madness Continues podcast Thanks. for the second time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a veteran now. <laughs> it's so funny because earlier I was joking. I'm like, this is the uh, commonly known as the most professional podcast in Chicago. <laughs> and this is a total joke because it's like just fucking ridiculous. Did you just, are you okay to you just hit yourself in the face with a microphone? It's, we're good. Everything's okay. fine. Don't want to, yeah. It's, just, it's a rough morning. <laughs> are you all right? You got the coffee? I'm okay. I, I went to yoga. I'm good. All right, good. Where did you go? You went to go Bikram? To, yeah, I go to Bikram. Um, they actually had to rename it because of the, the Bikram guy who's like a super bad predator. Oh, yeah. He's like a bad, mm-hmm. oh, who would have thought that a guy who starts a yoga studio like a is. Cult. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, pr- I like his practice, so. Hot yoga. Hot. Nice There's like hot. Sweaty. There is. So I read this. Uh, so uh, uh, our mutual friend, Hannah Steele, who's mm-hmm. a tattoo artist I ought to have on the podcast. Who I have a tattoo on uh, my body from. From. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to get one, too. Uh, she was telling me that she's like her and Adam go to uh, or went to naked yoga. Yeah. I just I just don't want all the my stuff hanging all over. Yeah, well, I thought it was kind of interesting because I was like, well, that's kind of fascinating. I was like, I could, I, I would try that, I guess. And then she's like, well, the rules are that men have to be naked, <laughs> but like women actually don't have to be naked. That's, when she told me that, I was like, that's really weird. I know, right? I, I was like a little that. bit like, hmm, <laughs> okay. Like if you're not comfortable huh. being in a room, I don't know, just don't go. Yeah, it feels know? like just if, go to like yeah. an all gender that you want to be around. Right. Yoga, naked yoga. Yeah. I like I kind of felt like hey, this is a little. OK. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Something about that felt kind of mm-hmm. strange. Like mm-hmm. if you like that's isn't that the point is that you're supposed like to be comfortable yeah. doing that? I don't know. Whatever. I guess. Anyway, <laughs> naked <laughs> yoga. I would do it. I'll talk about it on the pod if and when I do it. Gloria was like, oh, I would totally do that. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you would. Yeah. You would totally. She would totally do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, <laughs> just to go back to the beginning of the first <laughs> podcast now, yeah. the reason that Correct. I wanted to have you on the pod was that uh, you just had your first uh, exhibition gallery opening, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, we talked through your art totally already. Yep. That's okay. We can <laughs> go back so into it. It's so weird, man. <laughs> it's so bizarre. No but like the it's like a road show or something like you see these you know authors go to like different oh, yeah. audiences and have to talk about their book right. over and over again yeah. this is just good practice for when i write my book and then i'll have to do that <laughs> did you ever hear about there was a uh, the story about in, in stalin's stalin's uh you know soviet union there was a uh, performance of some you know symphony that had to take some orchestra was playing mm-hmm. and then stalin called and was like yeah, I want a copy of that recording. But they were like, we didn't record it. So they had to literally do it again in the same night. Oh. And then to record it to bring him the With record. With as much emotion. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just can't. These Those poor wow. people. Uh, well, that's what, I mean, isn't that what performing is, though? You're doing, um, if you're doing the same material over and over, but you have to still give a performance with the same level of emotion. Yeah, it's weird. You know? I, and as a comedian, it's very bizarre because people expect this feeling of authenticity from you. Right. Because like most comedians expect, the, most audiences, a lot of audiences think that this is all, you're just doing this. Right. On stage. You didn't think about this beforehand. Like people will come Are up you to you. Are you serious? People really believe that? Totally. Be, people will come up to me and be like, like well do you do you like think about what you do before oh you get up on God. stage and i'm like yeah yeah i do <laughs> oh you don't just get up there and <laughs> like jeff r curry is a comedian who <laughs> was on the podcast recently and he, he we were talking about hecklers because people who heckle the two most common reasons mm-hmm. that you get is that they think that they're helping 
What? They think that they're they're like, yeah, like we're I'm just like contributing to the show. Oh. And you're like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> you're supposed to laugh you sit, or clap. You sit down and shut the fuck up <laughs> until you hear everyone else laughing. And then you go, oh, ha, ha, ha. And that's, and you'll know. You'll know when you're supposed to laugh. There's a cue. <laughs> and those are the only roles that you play here. Your other role is to pay and tip your waitress. Right. That's it. Yep. <laughs> Servers. Yeah, sorry. Waiters and waitresses is what they tell you to say on stage a lot mm-hmm. which is weird because it you it's you should say server yeah. or but or sometimes they say wait staff they tell you to uh. if you go to clubs they'll tell you what to say oh they'll be like yeah make sure you refer to everyone as wait staff okay or like waiters and waitresses you're hmm. like yeah, i can't say the word server yeah like that's like being that's server like a demeaning maybe? that's like i had to do i don't know what it is but if i had to do a show on a plane that's like them saying say stewards and stewardesses uh. <laughs> you're like no shouldn't i say flight <laughs> attendants <laughs> like no that's uh i don't know I don't, yeah, anyway <laughs> so <laughs> This is so come off the rails now. So the original point of having... It's still recording, though. Yep. The original point of having you on this podcast, though, was to talk about your exhibition opening. And mm-hmm. the the conceit of this was that, like we had talked about previously now, <laughs> and in the conversations that no one will hear in this audience, that I've, I'm totally fascinated with the idea of commodifying or productifying or consumerifying, whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to put it, some part of something that people do naturally, yeah. whether that's like sex or humor or art or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just for the first time had to go through that. One of the things I was going to say, I was gonna, I was going to say in the last podcast, so this is fresh and new, Thank God. is that it was, <laughs> <laughs> is that it was fascinating to, to, to go, to look at your sort of the gallery and we'll talk about it in a second mm-hmm. again, but uh, all of your art because in retrospect I think is when you know you're after producing all of this mm-hmm. you're you can see the theme or yeah. after producing it you go oh that's what I was doing well I have so much work to choose choose from it's like four years of work I have hundreds of pieces at this point yeah that it I was very intentional with what I put in the show yeah the what I would have or could have documented, I guess, was just that process of going through and making decisions on what to include or what not to include. I went through like several rounds of, okay, this pile, these are the for sures. It's like cleaning out your closet. I guess. Yeah. Like what to donate, what to keep. And it was um, emotional. That was an emotional process because there are a lot of pieces I would have loved to have shown because I think not necessarily that they were better, but that they told a different story so I had to make a decision on you know what was the show about and then what what was like you were saying before the line like the through line through all the pieces um and what was my artist statement what was I trying to say um and that was an interesting this whole that whole thing was I think the most interesting process and just then having it all up is again another part of the process it's just been like learning and experiencing new things and having people give you feedback and something that was previously feedback yeah previously intimate just to you well not really i mean kind of i was posting works in progress on instagram i don't have a portfolio like i'm not a commercial artist this is just what i do in my spare time and as a way to process life and work through my shit in a healthy way instead Mm -hmm. of using (laughs) other things um and so it was going from instead of using race cars and and i no no substances <laughs> and human beings yeah, yeah. <laughs> no really substances and human beings and not in, in healthy ways in order to cope with life and um you see that in in the show i the first half of the show is uh work of mine before i came into sobriety recovery and then the other half of the show are pieces that i made after that and you can really see the difference in um what i did and i don't do we talk about this already that i do nude women mostly yeah <laughs> not on nudes. this version of the podcast <laughs> so but talk about so this is it the 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 so we've been friends for a while mm-hmm. i should say as a background yeah. for the listener of yeah. this podcast hey. is that like uh phoebe claire and i have been friends for a few years mm-hmm. and you you have always been a very unique person and, and very interesting and i feel like the fact that you had this you know exhibition was totally not surprising in the sense that (laughs) i just was like yeah of course she would right and 
and like it was super popular. Uh, it's at for people in Chicago. It's at Jimmy Bean's Coffee in the gallery on the second floor, mm-hmm. um, in the, on Fullerton and Western. I remembered this time. Good job. And uh, you can go check it out through the end of May mm-hmm. because yep. that. So I'll probably have to release this episode pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it, but so go check it out. Take a look at the right hand side when you come up from the stairs. Uh, are all of uh, Claire sort of pre. Uh, pre uh sobriety works and then a little bit on the left hand side when you walk in there's like one wall of kind of darker pieces and then all to the right towards the back um those are all the i guess post sobriety so was girls the name of the whole show show. and then it's the name of the biggest piece those 29 pieces got it uh yeah so how did you settle on the name girls I've been calling that big piece girls um, since I started making them. Um, when I was like pushing them out on Instagram, every time I would make one, I'd just call, I'd just caption it girls. And um, that's just how I was pushing them out. And I think because I decided a lot of my other work had not just nude women in them. And so I had to make decisions like, am I just going to include nude women mm. um, in this show? And I only have um, a couple pieces. I have, one piece that's not a nude and that's a one of my partners um and like someone who's super important to me so I, I definitely wanted that in there and um girls was just like the natural name because I think girls is it's not women you know huh it's yeah they're girls and to me I felt for much of the time I was making this work that I was a girl and I was just figuring it out and like I wasn't an adult yet and I'm, yeah. I'm not a girl not yet a woman like oh my god <laughs> That song has been that song has been coming up so much lately. I don't know where I heard it recently. But no, but really, Jesus. it was kind of like I'm infantilizing myself in a way because I'm infantilized by a lot of other people like society and, and many people in my life. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to reclaim it. Well, it's funny because the word girls is sort of. Uh, yeah, like you said, infantilizing or almost I don't want to say demeaning, but like there's a kind of uh quality to it that is n- not as like you could say boys and not have the same mm-hmm. it doesn't have even the same Mm-mm. like f- feeling about it you know what i mean yeah like if there was a gallery that was called boys i could put a, all adult men in there and right. people would people would be fine there, there would be, no one would even probably even ask like yeah. why that was the case yeah. you know yeah I find that very interesting, especially because like this is so weird talking through it twice. I don't care, it's but okay. I know, but like it's so interesting to me because you. One of the things that I noticed when I showed up mm-hmm. was that you were clearly were working through something, mm-hmm. and like that was what was so fascinating to me about that. Mm-hmm. And like the 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 attempt to capture, I think, a sense of identity through right. the reflection of art, and it's almost like you have to create something apart from yourself in order to 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 reflect yes it's on yourself journaling i mean you it's this subconscious act of just fucking vomiting out whatever's going on in your brain Mm -hmm. and then being able to go through it and process it and reflect on it well you're predominantly a writer and you when we were talking previously it was like you're you turn towards making graphic art uh sort of yeah yeah, visual art through sort of the therapeutic process I think I well I wasn't in therapy when I started um, and I had always been in therapy in my life and for whatever reason I was going through a couple years like really dark years where I just decided that I didn't want to take care of myself and at one point I don't know what happened but I decided I wanted to actually start making art um, mostly because I didn't know what else to do with myself and all the fucking things going on in my head. And I was using um, alcohol and other people so much. I I was just going crazy, frankly. Yeah. Um, and something just pushed me towards visual art. Um, and it has stayed with me for the last four or five years as I've, you know, gone through the ending of my drinking and then the beginning of recovery. And now I actually didn't make anything for a couple months during... I would say for like the first three months of sobriety, I just didn't, I didn't go in my studio because it had too many like dark 
fucking vibes in there. I mean, I would, that was what I did. I, at the end of my drinking, I would go in my studio and I would drink a bottle of wine and then start on the whiskey and just like descend into fucking madness. Wow. And I would wake up the next morning and have to go to work and I would get up and go to work, hungover as fuck, get through my work day and then come back and do it all again. That's nuts. It was fucking crazy. Um, and I would wake up and I'd make, I'd have see all this art that I had made and I couldn't remember like the process and I couldn't remember making them. And gradually my shit got darker and darker. And I, it was very hard for me to go through all my work for the show because of that. Because it's just like bringing up all of these <laughs> yeah. other emotions. Oh my God. I just, I like, you can scroll through my Instagram and just see it too. Um, but it's, uh, I'm glad to have gone through all of that and now to be making art <clears throat> and coming from a, a very different place with it. Um, and I think I, I really like my art now um, because it's because I really like myself now, whereas before I did it <laughs> and I used to really not like my art. Um, but I've worked, you know, done a lot of work on self-esteem and like building um, self-confidence and finding ways to like like myself so that I don't have to destroy myself well it's where, where do you when you sit down to do so how is your so the process mm -hmm. clearly has changed but yeah i'm curious what is your process now for yeah. creating well usually honestly it's in the morning i will get up and i'll have a cup of coffee and i'll put on music that makes me feel really good and then i'll go into my studio and i'll see my blank page and i will sometimes have a reference photo of like a model from Instagram or a ballerina or another artist piece of art where I'm just like intrigued by the lines and the form of the body. Um, and then I'll just kind of hold it up next to my page and I'll just sketch it out with charcoal or pencil and then just work and then put it down and then really work into it. Got it. Um, but sometimes I just create shit from my own brain. I like it's a, that's really hard to do, <laughs> but I score like really, really off the charts and abstract stuff. So I, it's when I feel most confident in my art when I can just like get into a, a blank page and just start creating shit from my own brain, especially humans. You know, proportions are really hard to do if mm -hmm. you're not like I'm not I didn't go to art school. I don't know how to all I've learned to do. I've just done on my own, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I haven't taken any like online art classes because I just don't have the fucking time right now. <laughs> so I'm just kind of just digging in and learning by just listening to my gut, I guess. Well, I think that I, I, I think that that there's something to that and there's a lot that can come from that because it's, it's funny because you didn't it's sit like, down yeah. you didn't sit down a few years ago going like i'm gonna have the, uh, i want to have this art career <laughs> no. and I have this exhibition <laughs> yeah. and i want to like and i think that too often many people do it's like the getting the cart before the horse sure. and it definitely i think i think we live in a culture in which that kind of idea is mm -hmm. really like if anybody does anything it's because they want to be famous right. or like yeah i'm gonna start doing these things because I want to be Instagram famous yeah. rather than like, I'm just going to do something that I want to do yeah. and we'll see where it takes me. Yeah. Or but I'll I just, think people can smell bullshit on that though. Like the authenticity mm. behind it. I think what I've seen people respond to my work because it is so authentic and raw. Um, and I'm not, I'm not making it for anyone else. None of this stuff is commissioned. It's just for me. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about girls the 29 images sure. yeah. because um we did not talk about this on the on the unrecorded <laughs> previous episode but the the images themselves are really fascinating because they have no faces mm -hmm. um, no hands or feet no hands or feet yeah. and Most of them. that yeah. that was a conscious decision it was it was very deliberate um mostly because at the time i felt very on like i was on show like i was um I didn't know I wasn't very secure in my identity as a woman mm. and I and especially as a as a queer woman and a fairly invisible one I feel fairly invisible most of the time in my my queer identity just because I can pass very well mm. um and that's so no one you don't feel engaged with as a queer woman particularly because because you're you that part of how you feel and identify goes mostly unnoticed yes got it okay yeah well and i have my two primary partners are hetero men mm. and so especially in the poly community i it's it's just strange um and i yeah unless i'm i i feel like in order to some I, like i'm not queer enough or i'm not i feel that way a lot um but 
I'm working through that currently. That's like something I'm working what do you, on. This is fascinating. I, we don't have to talk about this if you <laughs> don't want okay. to. But no, what I'm does hoping, yeah. queer enough mean? I don't know. It's just some fucking <laughs> complex in my head where because I'm super femme um, and I'm I'm learning to embrace that, especially I have a womb. I'm um, a very feminine woman and I have two male like cis het male partners, but I'm still queer um, or and I'm still queer um and i'm trying to believe it when i say that i'm still queer and like i'm as mm-hmm. i am i am queer and that's valid mm-hmm. um even though right now i don't have a primary partner who is not a cishet male cishet bruh cishet bruh <laughs> <laughs> do you um, do, yeah. do you feel like there's almost a um, you know, people could talk about imposter syndrome in the sense that yeah. they the, uh, for like jobs and things like sure. this but do you feel like there's almost a there's almost a an, an, an imposter syndrome or some phantom of something like that in that identity kind be- of. because you when know I'm not actively like fucking women or people who don't identify as male I I feel that when I'm actively like sleeping with or dating you, like non men I feel like I am part of the community got it it's when I'm not actively doing that that I'm like oh my god do I like need to add someone to my like my my list of people that I date because just in order to validate my like that's no that's a bad yeah like, I'm just like yeah yeah but that's an interesting question mm-hmm. I know this is way off topic from no, talking that's about okay. girls but totally. this is it is it's all it all contributes because at the time I was dating women mm. um and people who don't identify as male and um I was much more visible in the poly community or mm. just the the alternative communities that I'm part of, um, not as, not as just someone who dates men. Um, and now I'm not. So that, see, it was very interesting when I was looking at these 29 photos. Uh, and again, you guys have to go to Jimmy beans and check this, check it out. But the, there was something there where I was like, there's an almost like it, like the, the, the female identity that was depicted as the subject in those is almost loose Mm. in the sense that I don't want to say loose but like inarticulate Mm -hmm. in a way that's almost on purpose where Mm -hmm. you're like I'm trying to I where I can imagine you as an artist being like I'm trying to figure out Mm -hmm. this part of myself and Mm -hmm. I'm doing all of these clearly women Mm -hmm. but they're purposefully sort of uh in soft focus Mm -hmm. Where it's like yeah. you can see them by their bodies and positions that like this is fe- they're feminine, right? But there's almost a, they don't have any faces, so mm-hmm. you don't know who they are, right? And they have no hands or feet, mm-hmm. with the exception of I think one. Yeah, there's like one that's like covering her face with her her hand. hand yeah. yeah, and part of that was like it was even almost disturbing, and yeah. it was weird because somebody else said <laughs> somebody else <laughs> standing next to me was like, "Wow, it's just like very like." something like powerful and very like and there were like two other adjectives they threw out and i was like i don't get that at all from like looking at this like Like, i feel like yeah i was like Mm -hmm. i feel like empowered maybe in the sense of like there's 29 so there's energy here there is and there's like in your face like i was telling you like violent before like there's a violence of like like we were saying like liberation yeah yeah and that kind of energy is coming through very clearly mm-hmm. but i was like strong is not an adjective i would use to describe this like no because it's not, it's not how i felt when i was making them i didn't feel strong i didn't feel like in myself i felt like i was questioning myself yeah at the time um i'm just checking sure to make Ooh, sure, make this, sure this goddamn thing is still going <laughs> but like the 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 tw- the I just I it felt very fascinating because I'm wondering what you learned mm. after going through and are there more than those images that you decided not to put up? There's of the girls there are supposed to be 30, but there's one that my partners and I were calling butthole guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a picture. But it's this this person. I I also play with gender in my in my art too. I have not in the show, but I have quite a few pieces of like a gendered or just like various gendered people mm-hmm. um, that I've done because I find gender really interesting and um, but I have one that it's this person like crouched over in like this fetal position almost but it's from the back so I have a butthole in it and I was just uh. like you know 
I'm not sure if I want to have butthole guy in the, in the you're, show, you're guys. Like coworkers walking up. Hmm, <laughs> yeah, okay. butthole guy. Well, there was a couple of those figures that are feminine, but I was like, yep. this could be a man. Yep. Like it's like That's it's intentional. Yeah, yeah. That it was interesting to 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 you know to walk through that and like mm-hmm. see a lot of that. Yeah. And that's why I spent so much time looking at that particular piece. You did, piece. yeah, I noticed that. Um, what were some of when you were when people were giving you feedback, mm-hmm. or when they were telling you about the work? Mm-hmm. What, how was it? Because this is the first one of these that you've done publicly. Yeah, it is. What was that experience like? Um, you know, it was just super surreal. The whole thing. Um, my parents were there, <laughs> and they bought a piece, which was great. What did they buy? They bought the girl who had the red like slash over her mouth. Oh yeah, that was a good. That was a good yeah. piece. Yeah, I like that piece a lot. Um, the so they bought that. She's not nude. It's just her head. <laughs> like your conservative parents. My buying, conservative like, parents reading my artist statement where I'm talking about liberation through owning my queer like poly um, identities it'd be really funny if you had brought butthole guy and then they bought that one i know they're just like i this is the only one i want they're just like we love butthole guy (laughs) 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 no that would blow my mind this is going up on the mantle yeah um you know i feel energy pretty easily um and uh, because i am a bit of an empath and so i felt so many different energies throughout the night i felt a lot of some confusion a lot of curiosity yeah um some people were saying they're just kind of eerie and a little creepy but sexy and like like creepy sexy they were yeah Yeah. i mean they were they were that's why i was i was saying it was i was it was almost some of it was kind of disturbing yeah and i got a couple i got a couple people who said that to me i was like yeah i mean that's at the time, I was creepy and a little sexy. Like, that's yeah. just who I well, was. Well, I think that investigating your yeah. your sense of self and identity, mm-hmm. especially... It's dark. I mean, it's sexua- dark in there, man. Sexuality is the most powerful force, you know, in nature. And we don't talk nature. about it. We don't talk about it. We don't explore right. it. Because I think it releases... Like, not to go down this rabbit hole, but, you know, you think about... Like, I was talking to a friend of mine who... I'm, I'm super fascinated with the incel community online okay like i'm super fascinated by these guys mm-hmm. and uh because i think it's tragic yeah and i think it's and i think it's awful mm-hmm. um and i think that these guys without get uh, we, whatever we don't have to totally go down the rabbit hole the incel community on my instagram <laughs> 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 right <laughs> just gonna just gonna not i mean like the problem with it is like i feel two ways about it because i think like there's a part of me that goes like uh, and it, this could just talk. This, we could really fall down the in a, yeah. a, in a, into a, into a hole here. But <clears throat> it just suffice to say that I think that these are people who clearly need help. Yeah. And the sad thing about it is that they have painted themselves into a corner in many ways, where mm-hmm. the type of help that they need, they're not allowing themselves to receive. Yeah. And I think that some of that is cultural, and I think mm-hmm. some of that is social, in the sense that there are social forces that have led to this place in the last five to 10 years yeah. that are, that are not cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that could get teased out if we went into it. But mm-hmm. anyway, where I'm going with this is like, uh, fuck, where was I going with this? The incel community. What was I talking about? Uh, horror. Oh, Sexy Oh, sexuality, sexuality, sexuality and power. <laughs> and the most powerful force is right. that I think that, you know, there are there. It's the one thing that everybody is supposed to do. Yeah. And, and it's very weird when it, when, when you're not, you know, we grew up in the Midwest mm-hmm. and uh, there are not, there's not a lot of encouragement to go exploring. Well, no, and we don't in talk about it either. My sister and I were talking about this, about how, you know, it's something that you just don't talk about and everyone, it's at the forefront of everybody's mind, their oh, sexuality. Nobody talks about it. And it's just not, and I'm so over that. <laughs> I'm so over hiding like my sexuality from the adults in my life i'm a i'm almost 30 years old like yeah. i'm not gonna pretend like i don't fuck anymore yeah you know <laughs> it's so weird like I, I i just remember when i was a kid my mother i remember trying to tell me about sex and i was like mm-hmm. probably 11 yep. and she was like and the the conversation was so awful <laughs> yeah. i wanted i just for the one time in my life i was like i want to melt into the floor well you like just I, have to remember where they came from and what they were taught and i think that's how i have empathy for the older people in my life who don't have the vocabulary and don't yeah. have the confidence to be able to say on a podcast like this is how i fuck and how i love and there's nothing wrong with it yeah i think that so that's a huge point i think vocabulary is a big mm-hmm. part because i think that part of what 
it feels like you were working out mm-hmm. in in this in, in the work at least in the specific work that you mm-hmm. decided to show in this exhibition mm-hmm. was developing a kind of maybe visual emotional vocabulary for yeah. understanding your identity yeah absolutely and working through it in that way sure that there aren't words for those things that's why no, i thought this not. was so fascinating because <laughs> you're a writer yeah but you're deciding to take a lot of time to create visually yeah and so what 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 and maybe i don't want to place I, this in there right. if it's not there but mm-hmm. i'm curious what was what what can words not do that visual images could do for you um i mean color you know color and lines i think it's hard to describe how those two things when combined are just the stroke of a you know charcoal line how that can make you feel mm. and i I like to play with that because I like to play with energy and I know I can write to evoke emotion. And I think what's been really um, challenging is to, to draw things and to paint things that evoke emotion from people and evoke the emotion that I'm currently feeling. Mm. Um, Or at least, I mean, I know people take from art and writing what, what, you know, they identify with or what's going on in their lives. So as soon as for me, it's in like the act of creating is so sacred and it's just like when I'm in flow and when I feel the most connected to like my spirituality and all that kind of stuff and I feel the most authentic when I'm creating stuff and like tied Mm. to energy in the universe and all that like real I'm pretty woo so (laughs) these days (laughs) um I always have been but I I didn't have the the vocabulary for it now I do Mm. um so I don't remember what your original question was well I just was wondering what visual art offered that words didn't that feeling energy emotions so exploring i I think that makes sense i mean exploring feeling and energy Mm -hmm. is that you can try to describe Mm -hmm. i mean i i just in my head i don't know how you would even begin to try to do the work the 29 in words no you can't that's like they're different mediums for a reason and i'm i have done a lot of writing around my my early 20s I have so many stories to tell and I've lived a very interesting life and I feel much older than I am um and I am working through those sorts of things um on paper and telling those stories that way but um visually with visual art it's it's about the energy behind those experiences that I'm trying to bring out I guess do you think you will take some of those writings and put them into a book that then you can publish because I feel like at this rate like what's not what isn't on the table for you yeah I you know I there's a lot of my story that I'm I'm doing the work in therapy to get to a point where I can share those things with the world because it's not a pretty you know, pretty story. A lot of it, a lot of it is really raw and disturbing shit. And Mm. I don't, um, I need to get to a place where I can put that out into the world and not be afraid of mostly, you know, my family and and hurting them. And because I care about them and I don't at the same time, like my story is my story and I'm not the only like person who has experienced the things I've gone through, um, and come out the other side and I'm thriving now. And that's to me, my therapist and I talk about like, I have chapter, I have like book number one and book, I'm like working on book number two right now in terms of like my life. Yeah. And book number three, who knows what's going to be in that. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I have, you know, like sci fi. I think, sci- I think I the third one's a sci fi. Yeah. Right. That's what my partner's working on. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> He's brilliant. Um, but, it's it's scary it's vulnerable and it takes courage that i'm still building like sharing my visual art was brave and scary for me but sharing my writing and some of my like my words and my story that way is a next level of courage for me yeah yeah i just i have i have so many sketches and so many Mm -hmm. bits that i've had over the years i've never had a uh exhibition i think if somebody asked me i might but like even then, I don't know if I would. And I'm somebody who gets on stage and like yeah. tells jokes and shit, yeah, and and risks bombing in front right. of like a bunch of people. Well, I couldn't do that. That's I'm uh, yeah, but it's <laughs> weird because I feel like there's a difference in terms of like intimacy or something. Yeah. Where it's like when I get up and do comedy, I'm like I'm trying to make you laugh. Here's what I think is funny, right. and if people don't laugh at it, partial sometimes I'm actually famous in Chicago for being like, well, fuck you, like to yeah. the audience. <laughs> but I feel like if I did a 
uh, you know, showed my visual art, I think, or photos even or something right. and it or writing in the same vein. Mm-hmm. And somebody read it and was like, I hate this yeah. or this is bad for these reasons. Right. I think I'd be like, my soul hurts oh, really? at this. Yeah. I just feel like they're not in a place to get it, you know? I think so. That's sometimes the feedback that I, that I, my brain tells me about audiences mm-hmm. isn't in like, you know, I mean, and I do well also. I'm not like a bad, I talk about, you know, bombing in, in this podcast all yeah, the time. Yeah, but you also, I remember what, like a year or two ago, you did comedy like every day for. Oh, yeah, for 100, 100 like, and something that's days. Fucking insane. Yeah, I need to go back to it, actually. I just talked with Glory about that today. Because I'm like, I have to, I have to get back to it. I'm, mm-hmm. I feel so not funny right now. <laughs> and it's mostly because of my day job. And it's yeah. just, the, it's just the worst. Um, I really hope for you that you can like find peace with the fact that you still need to like contribute to society and have a day job while you're working on your dream and like not hate it because right now i feel like you hate it oh i hate it so much it's partially because the office and the job itself is just horrible well then fucking change it oh i'm working on it okay i mean it's it's a lot it's uh it's i mean it's it's just a lot and partially it's Mm -hmm. it's troubling because when you have a shitty situation like that um you are so exhausted from it yeah. that when you're done with it you're like i just don't want to do anything i just want to come home and, and, and go to sleep I like so it's like reframing how you think about it like instead of giving it all this emotion be like this is where i go to make money so i can work out on my other shit yeah and i i it's so weird because i think that um y- there is a limit to which i think y- you can or at least i can mm-hmm. um compartmentalize yeah i know it's and hard. so Especially like when you spend so much time there well and, and time is like yeah like nine hours time. a day yeah. sometimes 10 hours a day because mm-hmm. you're like if i don't get this done mm-hmm. like they could fire me mm-hmm. and i'm not ready to do that yet mm-hmm. like although i have i had times recently where i'm like fucking fire me i don't give a shit <laughs> like I'm, re- I'm ready to be done with this um I mean, like the ch- you know the I'm not even gonna say the name of the company, but like yeah. people from work will probably listen to this. But like the the actual like I mean, Glassdoor has like given us terrible reviews mm-hmm. online. Like we have all these bad reviews mm-hmm. from like the offices. Like so, it's it's really kind of a toxic environment. Yeah, and to the point where like now my boss who's in who's lives in London is aware he's like i feel it over here yeah, how like bad that it is good. coming from over there yeah. and i'm like yeah it's, it's rough man there's a lot of reasons for that but it's just hard because you carry that stuff around with mm-hmm. you um so yeah i would like to get to a place where i'm like yeah this is just something i do in order to enable me to do the thing that i really love and care about mm-hmm. but right now it's like this is just a black hole that's like sucking mm-hmm. everything in sure. and it's funny because somebody at work actually said um you should write comedy about the office you should write it and i'm like I'm too close. Yeah. Like, I'm way too close to the subject matter. Like, I can't be funny about it. I just get on stage and be like, fuck this place. I hate, this place. I hate everybody I work with. <laughs> Let me tell you about these awful people. It would just be anger. And that's, <laughs> like, none God. of that's funny. <laughs> right. Like, you have to have enough distance from mm-hmm. a subject mm-hmm. to be funny about it. It's actually interesting because I think that's maybe slightly different than, or could be, than than doing the sort of the the visual art that you've done yeah where like these things are intimate mm-hmm. and you're they're so close to you you have it's yeah. almost like you're, you're portraying well, because them because it's i think my prop my creative process is very quick because i don't have time to do like a fucking like long ass oil painting that takes me months to work on and whatever like and if that doesn't if that makes my stuff not fine art i don't really give a shit because that's my process <laughs> and i don't think there's any like I don't know if it's a mer- like the art morality or, or however you want to describe it, but I think that the fact that my stuff is produced quite quickly, but that's because I'm very in my feelings when I'm making it, and I'm yeah, like, like so Drake. I'm so in my feelings like Drake. I listen, <laughs> just <laughs> listen. I love Drake. You can get it. Of course you are. Of course you are. You're a woman. I know. That's fine. I can't stand him. I I I, I don't. I'm just such a hater. It's okay. I don't. I, yeah, pretty much. I hate him because I, there's something about me where if everybody loves something, I have to can't. I have to not okay, like fine. it. It's bad. <laughs> funny um yeah i i think my writing gets better the more distance i have from whatever i'm writing about for sure um but with my visual art the closer i can be to like the source of that energy the better it is um for sure i look at the stuff where i'm like in it 
and I'm making it and then I go back and I'm like, fuck, like that's pretty good. Like, from, yeah, really, I was really there and yeah. feeling the feels. Well, that's what were. you were saying, the oil paintings, but the, the triptych, that defense uh-huh. that you were talking about yeah. before this is uh it's a beautiful painting. That's oil, isn't it? It is an oil painting. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the only oil painting in the, there's one, there's two and I have, yeah, I, I do, uh, oil is not a medium I'm super comfortable with right now. Charcoal, it feels Charcoal like. Charcoal and pastel at. for sure. I actually just went to this artist's um, estate sale. He died um, just like I was walking on the 606 with my friend two weeks ago and we walked into this estate sale and it was this beautiful artist loft and he had like all these pastels and the colors are just so beautiful and that's so like most of my work I'm producing right now is just charcoal and then these colors from this dead guy's <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Loft. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that feels interesting because he it his art was pretty cool. We were looking through him. Uh, that also there's something I think about your taking up the tools bequeathed to you from dude yeah they were used and like holding the pastels that this guy I don't know there's something there's something cosmic about metaphorical about that because you're a Mm. queer woman (laughs) who's holding these this man's tools and you're like I'm now I'm the one (laughs) defining the space as I move through it yeah yeah there's something uh, yeah that's uh that whole that whole sequence was art Mm -hmm. that feels like Mm -hmm. that was uh that's well that's how I got this show that this how I got this show was a cosmic thing like I was going to this coffee tasting this guy I know is trying to start this like sober thing and I wanted to support him and he's like we're gonna do a coffee tasting for dry January at Jimmy Beans and actually Jimmy who runs Jimmy Beans is in the recovery or sobriety he's sober anyway but um so I went I didn't really want to go honestly I was kind of tired it was like a Sunday or Saturday and I was just like okay fuck it I'm just gonna go like I'm gonna have integrity and do what I say I'm going to do. And then I showed up and I was the only one there. <laughs> oh man. In that upstairs gallery. And he, they had like coffee and, um, Amy, the gallery owner was there and I was, we were just sitting there just a couple of us, just Amy and the guy and me. Um, and I, I was asking about the art on the walls cause it's such a big space. I'm like, how do you guys get art, you know, on the walls here? And she's like, well, we just kind of like meet people. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, I'm an artist. And that was really scary because all I'd been doing is posting my shit on Instagram as like a work in progress. And I hadn't, I don't have a portfolio, like nothing. Like yeah. I'm not a commercial artist in any fucking way. Uh, and I was like, well, I make art. I'll send you my Instagram handle. And she's like, cool, I'll check it out. And then like later that day, she's like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Like what month do you want to come? I'm like, what? <laughs> First of all, you're cool with the fact that they're all nude women. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just from there, I, you know, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it was so weird. The, what, um, I'm, I, just to return to this, what yeah. were some of your parents' feedback as, as they're seeing? They bought one. They did. They, they were, they were like, this is, they were mostly, I think, impressed by how many people were there, even if they didn't fully well, you're understand popular. it. Okay. <laughs> People really like you. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. You're a very sweet, sweet, sweet woman. You're Thank like you. very, you're very, you're very nice. You're very personable. Thanks. I feel like you're very well socially connected. Thank you. You really care about others. I do. So I feel like Thank that. You. Why wouldn't they show up? You Thank know, you. I don't, you know, because it's a, it's just like your friend's art thing. Like oh, my friend's having an art thing. We should go. Like, I don't know. I, I, at the same time, like I have, I had something to say and I had been, you know, tripping some of my my art out there and showing people a little bit but until you're standing in front of it you just cannot get the same feeling that you can see like online from it that's true at all that's really true and, and like so I especially was a afraid people yeah. wouldn't come for that reason they'd be like oh this kind of I, I don't get it like i'm just i don't know um what were we saying i was just talking my about my parents how, feedback yeah. yeah um well you know i had i came out to them this week and yeah that was a big you sent me this big text I and did. i was i was so busy all day <laughs> i know day. and then you text me back later that night and, and i, I couldn't like, i couldn't respond okay. to you i had a hundred other s- people being s- like yay good job i know you sent me this like big and i was like so happy for you but i was like i'm so fucking busy <laughs> today okay. and like i didn't have time to properly articulate a response That's all good yeah so i came out as queer and poly and um and they were the best they called me right away and they're just like we love you that must have been super hard for you to send that letter because i sent them this long email because of course um <laughs> i needed to use words and yeah. and not have an emotional like breakdown in front of them while i'm trying to tell them um 
something that I had been holding as a lie, as a secret since I was like, you know, like 10 when I was yeah. first like messing around with girls and stuff. Yeah. Like, um, and they were they were supportive. My I think, you know, my dad is is sober himself and my grandfather's sober and they're they've all just been really proud of me in terms of like healing myself and and really finding my own way with sobriety because I'm not an AA. I don't like really do a recovery program. I've just done like a holistic like I I take really good care of my body and I have like yeah. really radical self care, like eat really healthy, like I have serious boundaries now I'm like unapologetic about taking care of myself and um but I'm you know I'm I don't feel that I'm powerless like that's what I'm not a big fan of with AA because Ugh, what, yeah. what made me fucking succumb to you know addiction and a, the other thing about addiction is like you're ingesting an addictive substance long enough like your brain will change and you'll just crave it it's like yeah that's just how it works it's not a moral failing like i wanted to stop a hundred times and i just fucking couldn't because i was literally addicted to it yeah, so i you, had yeah. to remove it your brain's like come on where's this shit at? yeah like give it to me i need more of it please um and you know they i had uh this is like another long this could go on forever but I had my like a recovery chip that my grandpa gave me for my first year of sobriety that he got from his sponsor and even though I'm not in an AA it still means a lot because his yeah. sponsor just died and like it was just like a really cool thing um so I had that and like some stones like turquoise and tourmaline like on my I made like a little altar next to my artist statement and so they read that and they're like we're just really proud of you like we really love you yeah and even though they don't understand yeah and i think they're a little scared um like last night at dinner i was like do you guys have any questions for me that's a great and they didn't they had nothing to say other than like we just love you and my stepmom's like we're just a little you know scared for you there's like some crazy people out there i'm like okay yeah i know <laughs> i'm like Fuck, i fucking know it like i've lived through it just wait till my book comes out oh man what um where do they where do they live in Ann Arbor. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's it's funny because I think that um I mean Gloria and I don't use the term polyamorous. Yeah. I think we sometimes we prefer the term non-monogamous. Yeah, that's cool. But like the uh my parents are I think are kind of starting to catch mm -hmm. on a little bit mm -hmm. cuz they're like how come whenever how come Brendan and Gloria keep taking trips with <laughs> Girls. Priscilla? And like, how come they keep they keep showing up to stuff with Jackie? Like, this is kind of what is going on here? This just like, like a good friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think because they like, there's not a lot of people don't really get poly they, no. or like non monogamy as like it's so like pervasive in our group of friends. Like, yep. it's just what most people we know do is some version of non monogamy. At least for me, anyway. Like, I don't know many monogamous people, like, in my... But that's just who I hang out with, too. Um, so I think there's, like, this idea that non-monogamy is just swingers, you know? Like, yeah, and there's also this kind of... I have this kind of ongoing argument. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up in a little bit, I yeah. guess. But the I have this ongoing argument with some friends where they're like, yeah, man, it's like, you know, this shit ain't gonna... Like, that's not gonna work, man. And I'm like, what do you mean not work? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's like, you know, people don't... It's like, they don't stay, you know, like, it's just not gonna work out. Like, they don't... You're not gonna stay together. And I'm like... I've been with most, my partners for six I'm like, years, one, both of them. <laughs> one, most relationships, period, don't work out. Yeah, like, exactly. Pe people, you know... So, I don't know what work... What do you mean by working? Mm -hmm. Like, we have fun. We had fun. Like, we got together. We had, yeah. we had fun and we all had sex. Yeah. And that was great. Woo. And like, so, I'm not sure what what do you mean by not working <laughs> like there's something i don't know what there's there's some kind of weird projection that people have mm -hmm. specifically with you know non-traditional relationships in any mm -hmm. sense because mm -hmm. the thing that i think finally sold america on the concept of gay marriage was right. that oh it's just like but they're just two men yeah two women yeah it's but just they're monogamous normal, it's yeah okay <laughs> it's just normal marriage but they're just two right. men or two women yeah and you're like well yeah i mean <sighs> Yeah, okay, that's I not... guess we're like getting a little closer. <laughs> yeah, but it's just I think labels in general and just like in all of it is just people need to be able to like put people in little boxes because that's how we make sense of things. And when you can't, it really disrupts the way you think about the world. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's I think that's part of it. We were talking earlier about not having a vocabulary, and I think yeah. that part of it is like my our parents' generation mm -hmm. just really did not have a vocabulary no. to. To, to think about no. any non-traditional relationship, yeah. period. I actually came out to my grandpa first, and um, 
we were sitting in this cafe in St. Joseph, Michigan, where he lives and having coffee after we had gone to an AA meeting together to, when he presented me with this one chip, year chip. Yeah. And he, I said, I like just decided on my way over, I was going to do it as like a teaser to coming out to my parents. And he, I was like, so I have to tell you something. And I like told him, I'm like, I'm queer. And that means this to me. And I'm Polly. And that means this. And so he's like, okay. And he's like, I love you. Everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, I can tell you're just unburdening yourself. And like, they really just want me to be happy, which is awesome. Um, and then I asked him because I've been doing a lot of writing about my grandpa um, because he's had a very interesting life. Um, I was like, would you have considered polyamory if that had been an option to you? Because he cheated on like everyone. He had like six different marriages. Wow. Like, he married my granny twice. Like he's, you know, really into the ladies. Yeah. And, like a womanizer. But he I was like, I wonder if he had had a healthier like or different option like poly or non-monogamy if like his life would have been different oh yeah you know what did he say he was just like you know i wish i had moved out of my of this small town oh and I man think things would have been a lot different for Oof. me yeah. i was like oh okay fuck. <laughs> like, yeah i mean that's how do, how do you even you know how do you even try to p- p- imagine what symphonies you would have played sure, with, exactly. with notes you'd never no, heard I, exactly and he was like all i'm he's like i'm just so glad that you got out of Ann Arbor and went to Chicago That's and, yeah. and grew. Oh God. Like, I can't, I go home and like r- run into people yeah. in Plymouth who I know yeah. and, and knew. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just can't, it's like, it's sometimes they're like, how you doing? What are you, what are you working on? And I'm like, I can't even begin to tell yeah, you because you just don't understand. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, TV show book, like all this kind of like, <laughs> what are you on to? Oh, like, yeah, we're, st- I'm still, still Going working at blah, 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 blah. And yeah. Gonna... We went to Eastern market the other day oh. in Detroit and you're like, that's cool, man. Like it is. That is it cool. Is cool. <laughs> it is cool. For sure. Uh, just different, different, different strokes for different yeah. folks. I hope for. I don't think everyone can live like this life. You know, it takes. Uh, everyone lives lives differently, and just it is, it is not, exhausting. Yeah. I think <laughs> like it does feel a lot like man. There's just so much. Like I was talking to Gloria, and I'm like. There's an expiration date for us living in Chicago, yeah. I think, because it's like this is just we're on a treadmill and like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you had to take time off like people. People take vacations here away from their lives like completely mm-hmm. and then come back. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that's like, I just don't know how at some point I'm like this. This has to like. You know, I put putting a lot in. <laughs> I probably will speak differently when I have a different job. Actually, yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's probably a lot of what's going on. Yeah, there's um, a way to sustainably produce at the rate that we produce stuff. Totally, and, and not like feel super burned out. Like I, I think that's true. Right now. <laughs> um, well, let's wrap this cool. on up. Uh, thank you for recording yeah, twice. No uh, Phoebe Claire, where can people get at you? Check out your um, stuff. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Phoebe Claire Connie Bear. We'll put it on the podcast description. It'll, it'll be on. It's the, hard to spell my last <laughs> name. Yeah, it'll be on the. It'll be on, it'll be in the show notes. Whatevs. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. No, <laughs> I don't oh ever. Say, I don't ever say that on this podcast. Okay, I was like, wow. No, I just was. <laughs> they say that on YouTube videos. So mm-hmm. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll take that. We're gonna take that. Put it in the show notes there. Uh, anyway, that's like a a real joe rogan podcast thing to do uh okay well thank you so much uh for being on the pod check it out jimmy beans coffee until the end of uh may if you're here in chicago yep thanks guys all right bye